Welcome to 104 Days, a Phineas and Ferb companion podcast. I am Kelly. And I'm her dad. And this is episode 46 out of tune. So this is the one where they turn themselves into cartoons so they can have superpowers. And different merch makes things dance. That's weird as I say it. <laughs> the formula on this episode is a 5.5, so backing away from the perfect 10 we had last time... Uh, what we're missing is we don't know where Linda was. We don't hear, oh, there you are, Perry. There's also no jingle. And in fact, for the first time ever, maybe Dr. Doofenshmirtz doesn't greet Perry. He just starts talking to him. And then we're, I'm going to give him a half for the, instead of there being a where's Perry, Lawrence says, Perry, Perry. But Perry had left. He had gone elsewhere. He had gone um, I did not think this was this episode. I thought this dad thought this episode was one. I thought this episode was the next episode. And I thought this episode because of the cartoon at the beginning, which is super creepy. Pinhead Pierre. Pinhead Pierre. It's not as joyful as it sounds. the smallest head of which I'm aware. Oh, no. I don't like it. I don't. Okay. Well, you don't have to watch that cartoon. They... They had bears chasing children in the intro. And Lawrence and the boys laughed. <laughs> well, they were fine. I'm sure the kids were fine. It was a cartoon, right? That was the, that was why it was okay. Now, Callie, you noticed that there was, talking about the song, you noticed that there was something about the song, that the music that was playing behind uh where Phineas and Ferb were describing like the assembly line, the, the way that the cartoons were going to be made in their animation studio. It's actually in, I think, season three or two. Two? Mm-hmm. Um, it's the episode where Candace gets stuck in a video game. Let, and so as the music is the song there. Let's go digital, yeah. Yeah, let's, let's go, go digital. Go. This one is just the music of that. That episode is, is a, a few episodes down I guess the they were like, Let's turn this into a song. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe they already have the song. And they're like, let's go ahead and, and slap it in here because it fits really well. I noticed it right away and I told dad and he didn't believe me. And so we had to look it up and it was. Yes. So yep. I was correct. You got it right. And now I get an A+. Plus. So they cre- each created their own character. And if you take into account Candace's character, also the, the kids created six different characters. It was Team Improbable versus, what was her name? Control Freak. The Control Freak. And what were the names of the six characters? The Rainbow, Belchman, don't remember Baljeet. Hanuman Man. That's a, Hanuman st- Man. That's a stupid name. Hey, you are insulting the Indian culture there. <laughs> what I meant to say, well, that's a beautiful name and I love it. Ferb Guy. And forgot Phineas's. Was it Multiple Man? Multiply Man. Something like that. And then a Candace. So which of those six characters did you like the best? Belchman. Belchman. I, I kind of liked Candace's because she had like this cool little goth theme. Like if she turned to the goth side, like with Vanessa, they would be goth together. I liked Ferb Guy. Uh, he looked, when they when they showed him like in the, in the shadows and the glasses he had and then... I don't know. He was really. I thought Ferb guy was pretty cool. Also, I like. How, I want to see um, a cartoon with Team Improbable. How is there not a cartoon with them? Because there already is. It's called Phineas and Ferb. We have a podcast about it. Oh, okay. 
Okay, now okay. That, now okay. that you mention okay. that, it does sound familiar. Okay. When Phineas was, like, when they were showing Phineas's character, like, in when they were making the movie, kind of, they were showing it to all the other kids, and they were introducing each character. Phineas was basically punching the screen yeah, in the thin air. It's like, like shadow you, were ma- you were mad at the air, so you started punching it. Before we go into our top three, there were a number of uh, callbacks to previous episodes. I took note of one, two, three, four. Callie, can you name those four callbacks? Um, get ready for the baddies. There were five callbacks. <laughs> you didn't see that. I, I did. I just didn't write. It. I forgot to write it down. Okay. So that was one of them. That's what uh, Doctor Doofenshmirtz was listening to. Um, let me think. All right, so here's your first hint. It was in the Pinhead Pierre episode. The aliens were talking to each other. Bob Chikabawow. Yes. So they were using the I lyrics. I thought that wasn't a callback. I just thought that was an alien language. Well. Like, oh, no, it wasn't that alien language. It was a, a callback. I mean, it wouldn't have meant anything to us if... We hadn't already heard Phineas and Ferb. Phineas and the Ferb bow towns. Chicka, bow, yes. wow. That's what my baby says. Mow, mow, mow. And my heart starts pumping. Chicka, chicka, choo. That was one of the lines. Chicky, chicky, choo, wop. Chicka, chicka, Okay, so you got two of them. When they were, here's another hint. When they were starting to build the animation studio, somebody walked by with, some, with something in a wheelbarrow. I did see that. It was a non-floating, but still giant baby head you missed it you were looking down yeah uh, i fourth... also saw um buford's pet fish was that one biff biff yeah that After was one his of, mother that was one of them because they were they were showing how the the cartoon were, was created and it had a bunch of chicken scratch and then it went through the it was gonna look like it was gonna be monkeys on a typewriter an allusion to the if you had an infinite number of monkeys on an infinite number of typewriters, they would produce the works of Shakespeare, which, of course, is complete nonsense. But they showed a monkey and another monkey, and then they showed a bunch of other animals, and then they showed Biff. Biff, yes. Was that all then? And then the other, the last one is during um, the cartoon, the actual movie that they were showing, Candace as... Control freak? Control freak said to them, You are going down. D-O-W-N, Down. Oh, I thought you said, you're going down, 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 oh, that's down. what it was. That's what it was. Uh, but still, that was something that she has said earlier in the run of the show. So a lot, not a lot of nice callbacks earlier, there. earlier, you mean the first episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Callie, we have our top three. Who's going to go first? You. I'm going to go first. My number three is after Lawrence was looking for Perry. Perry? Perry? Uh, he, Perry was walking through the backyard, all of a sudden fell into a hole and then as he was fall, falling down the chute, he put his hat on and he landed. And Major Bonagram apologized for having him fall down the emergency chute and for not telling you we had an emergency chute. I like how also Perry was like calm, like, okay, this is fine. Yeah, Perry's pretty much always calm. I mean, he's an animal. He's a platypus. Expect? They don't do much. Or express much. Callie, what's your number three? My number three is not the best. And well, no, it's not. If it were the best, it would be number one. That's where the rim shot comes in. Okay. 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 
that. Let's, nope, let's not do that. Okay. Okay. My number three is when Candace goes out into the stage and everyone's mad at her because she's the villain, even though it's fake. Someone throws a potato at her face and she says, failing the love again. Because they'd explained to her that somebody throwing tomatoes was just a way of showing they appreciated the villain. Everybody loves a villain. In fact, Ferb really puts it best when he said, A hero is a hero, but everybody loves a great villain. Speaking of villains, um, I may get a little sidetracked, but why do villains, like, okay, let me set you a scenario. Okay. You tied up your vi- your captives, the people that are trying to stop your evil plan. You talk, you talk. What do you do next? Tell them your evil plan or don't. The common sense thing to do is not tell them your plan, but that's not how things roll. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And that is a common trope. In old cartoons, especially, the idea that the villain... Like, I'm going to go at this time to do this thing, and you'll never know! Right, the villain is his own undoing. And I don't know how much of that is like, they don't want the villain to seem too menacing. They want it to seem like, well, the kid could stop the villain. They're giving the, 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 young, the young viewer the tools to be able to thwart the villain's plan if they were in that position. Still, and, everyone or, does not like that. Or how much of it is just bad writing. But that's exactly what The Incredibles, which predates Phineas and Ferb by about, at this point, by about five years. But the very same thing, remember, when um, Syndrome stops Mr. Incredible, and then Mr. Incredible starts asking him questions, and and then he attacks him, and then what does Syndrome say? You sly dog! You got me monologuing! That, and so that's the play is that that's what villains do because they want to talk about themselves. They want to be like, look at what I've accomplished. And if I were a villain. In so doing, they sow the seeds for their own defeat. Tragic. If I were a villain, I would not do that. For one. Well, you know, they say criminals are stupid. Thank you. So that's just an indication of that. My number two. After asking Isabella what character she wanted to be, and she described that she was going to be the rainbow, or that's what Phineas named her. Then No, that's what she named herself. She said, I'll be the rainbow. Okay. It's very stereotypical. And so, yes. And then they said Buford, and Buford said this. <laughs> it's an interesting question you pose, as it reveals not only one's impulses and desires, but one's deepest fears as well. I'll go with Belchman. Belchman. And so I think that's funny for much the same reason that I think the point where that I played of Susie from a few episodes back where she says, I really think that these violent mood swings are indication of whatever it was that she said about Candace's oh, psychological I was, state. I thought it was, that's not fair, Candace. You have to be on that team. For that. Well, that's, that's different because that's just her being cute. But the other one was her being like, wise beyond her years and in Buford's case it's not that he's wise beyond his years although I guess it is that but that he is wise beyond what his character has previously demonstrated that he is uh, where he is sort of mentally and academically so it's out of character for him in a funny way but again when you explain the joke sometimes that takes away all the funny all right Callie what's your number two my number two is after dad's number two Phineas asked Baljeet what do you want to be about Jeet? And about Jeet says, Isabella took mine. 
Yes, I had that on my short list also. And then the next line I also had on my short list, which is when Phineas says something like, well, you know, you're really into getting good grades and everything, so maybe... And Belgi's like, oh, yes, of course. I will become Haruman Man, a giant blue monkey who crushes all of his enemies. And it's like, what does that have to do with... Like, how is it that Phineas prompting him to a character that might be interested in good grades came up with this giant blue monkey idea? I think it's because Buford's Belgi's bully. So I think Balji wants to destroy Buford. Ah, yes, I can see that. All right, well, we're up to our number one, Callie, and it is our number one because we both agree that this is one of, really one of the great quotable lines of the show. I'd forgotten it was in this episode. Callie remembered as soon as the episode started. I remembered what, everything about this episode. I remembered very little about this episode, but I do remember this final this line. This would be like on my top ten of favorite episodes. So Obviously, my number one. Is when that Candace was calling her mom to um, to come, there was a the nice to bust the boys. There was a the nice greeting on the voicemail that says something about, "Hi, this is mom. Please leave your whatever rant about the boys when you hear the beep." And so she apparently did leave that rant, and then her mom shows up after the studio had been shot with the ray from Doctor Doofenshmirtz, and so. Linda walks up and she's like, okay, Candace, where is this animation studio? It got up and it danced away. It got up and it danced away. It even sounds crazy when you say it. But Callie a lot of times will get up and dance away. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for this episode. Uh... We invite you to return again for the next episode, which will be the last episode of season one. And we're looking forward to that. But in the meantime, if you have any emails that you would like to send us, you can send them to... Calendardata at gmail.com. That's right. If you want to send us a... Uh, follow us on Twitter or Pinterest or Instagram, too bad. We don't have those kind types of accounts. <laughs> uh, and we've already played Ferb's line... So we'll just, you know what, Callie? How about we both just get up and dance away? <laughs>